0: I don't care if you was a card player, you was at the racetrack. I don't care if you done been with this one and been with that one. I don't care how many children you have, amen. When you release yourself to God, God will take the years that the locusts devour and give them right back to you in Jesus' mighty name. Let's get there. Luke 1, 26. Amen. Hallelujah. And... um, The title of this this message this morning is going to be uh, Something About Mary, amen, something about Mary. And it has no relation to the movie or any songs that might be out. It's just something that the Lord gave me while I was putting the message together, amen. And so let's look at, amen, um, Luke 1 and, and 26, and we'll start reading, amen. The Bible says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God Unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Somebody say Mary. Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Somebody say, highly highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Somebody say, Jesus. Jesus. And he shall be great. And shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end then said Mary unto the angel how shall this be seeing I know not a man and the angel said answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Let's have a word of prayer. Most High, we thank you for the Son of God. We thank you that he is the, the root of Jesse, the son of David the King forever. We also thank you that he's Savior and Redeemer. We also thank you that he accepts us just the way we are. And after we are saved by him and redeemed, that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, Yahweh, we come to you praying that you would bless this word, that you would fill it with your spirit, and that you would anoint it with your eye. We pray if there are any who need to know you better in this place, whether it's through salvation, sanctification, edification, have your way on this Mother's Day, God. As we talk about your earthly mother, bless our mothers and our fathers in here. In Yeshua Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some praise, amen. amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, we gotta give our mamas day flowers while they living, amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Because we got some in here, amen, remembering mamas that's been long gone, amen? amen. And so we gotta do what we gotta do while they living, amen? And we still celebrate the ones that are all gone, amen? We still say happy Mother's Day to them, amen? Hallelujah. Them being with the Lord, amen, they still watching what's going on, amen. They, we surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Anybody hear me up in here? Amen. So we say Happy Mother's Day even to the ones that are gone before us, amen, as they be with the Most High even now, in the name of Yahshua. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all so much, brothers. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all have been a, truly a blessing. Y'all, this Mother's Day, amen, we will uh, embark upon a journey, amen, and and talk about one of the greatest moms in Scripture, amen. Uh, We're going to talk about Mary, the mother, the earthly mother of our Lord, Yahshua HaMashiach. Now, I've noticed in church, amen, that churches usually err on one or either side, amen. They usually make a mistake, amen, and they esteem Mary too much. All right. Slipping into idolatry where they begin to worship her or put her on the same level as Jesus, Yeshua, our Savior. And that is one side of an era, amen, that we must seek to stay away from. But there is another era, amen, that's in the Protestant churches as well. The era, because we seek not to worship Mary, some churches completely overlook her and never mention her, never teach about her. And when we do that, we fall short of the doctrine that God done put in his Bible that we should always teach the whole counsel of God. We should never overlook something that God put in his word. And so while we don't wanna worship Mary, no, but we don't wanna overlook her completely because there are some great things that we can glean from Mary. If God picked Mary, to Father Jesus, then somehow, if he noticed her, we got to take notice of her too. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here, all right? And so we always got to watch error. And sometimes you see error and you overcorrect. In driving, that leads to catastrophe. When you see something in the road and you turn too hard, you end up in a ditch. And I believe the church has ended up in a ditch. Remember, truth is like the goalpost of a football field. Don't go too far to the left, but don't go far to the right. The truth is somewhere right in the middle, and we want to be good. Come on, give y'all some praise. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So with y'all's help, we're going to stay away from both errors. huh? We're not going to worship her, but we're not going to leave any of the Bible out this morning as well. Amen. And so we're going to have three points this morning as we talk about Mary. We're going to talk about, amen, Mary was from Nazareth, amen, that's our first point. Second point, we're going to talk about the fact that Mary was a virgin, amen, and thirdly, we're going to look at Mary was highly favored, amen, highly favored, and I pray to God that, amen, we can do it in a timely fashion so y'all can go and enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day, amen. So, Gabriel, amen, in the text before us, amen, we have the angelic visitations, all right? Gabriel uh, Gabriel, uh, visits Mary, but he also visits, amen, uh, uh, Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, amen, Uh, visiting uh, Zacharias, her husband, uh, even in the temple, amen. Uh, uh, Remember, Zacharias didn't believe the angel, and so he was stricken. He was deaf and dumb, made deaf and dumb until the birth of his child, amen, who would be the forerunner of the Messiah, John the Baptist. Amen. He would be the one that would announce, amen, that the Messiah was finally here. Amen. And so, hallelujah. Gabriel visits John the Baptist, uh, John the Baptist's parents. Amen. And, and Elizabeth conceives through the power of the Holy Ghost. Because remember, she was barren, all right? But, but great men and women always come out of barren parents. Anybody hear me up in here, all right? When God holds you back, amen, he's holding you back because something great is coming, amen? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, something great is on the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's what it is. Whenever there's a struggle in life or in business and finances, Even in childbirth, amen. Whenever you find a barren place, it's because a big blessing is on the way. Come on, give God some praise up in here, amen. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so Elizabeth conceives, amen. And and they're excited, all right. And in six months after Elizabeth conceives, Gabriel is sent by God to another young lady, huh? In, in, in Galilee, and that's the region, that's what we would call the parish, the parish of Galilee to a city of Nazareth. He was sent to a little Hebrew girl by the name of Mary, all right? So let's look at our first point. Mary was from Nazareth, all right? And we pick this up from verse 26. The Bible says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Somebody say Nazareth. Nazareth. Now, y'all, Nazareth was a small little town. Alright? They call it a city in the King James, but I don't even think it was a city, y'all. Alright? Y'all know them cities, them, them cities that's trying to be cities? <laughs> they on the news. We're we, we moving up, y'all. We're gonna call ourselves a city now. All right? Nazareth was like that. It was more like a town. It was it was obscure. It was it was country. Amen. Uh, uh 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 hallelujah. It was located about 70 miles from Jerusalem. So it was small. Nazareth was not only small, but it it had no real reputation. All right? Some cities are known for something. All right? Nazareth wasn't known for anything. In fact, when we study the scriptures, hallelujah, it not only had the absence of a reputation, Nazareth had a bad reputation, all right? As we look at the scriptures in John chapter 1, verse 45 and 46, this is when Philip is going to Nathaniel and saying, listen, we found the one who we think is the Messiah. And so Philip said, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we found him who Moses and the law and the prophets did right. Jesus of what? Of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. The next verse says in 46, and Nathanael said unto him, we talk about Nazareth and his reputation. Can there can 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 there I see. can there any can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, come and see. All right? So Nazareth not only had uh, the absence of a reputation, the reputation that it did have was Can anything good come out of Nazareth? All right? It's so small, it's so obscure, it's it's not known for anything or anyone. Huh? Somebody say Nazareth. The revelation that God gave me here is that, hallelujah, God will use people for his kingdom and his work no matter where they're from. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? It don't matter if you're from a city, a town, A village, God will use you. You don't have to be from L.A. or New York. You don't have to be from London or Paris. You don't have to be from Dubai or Tokyo. You don't have to be from, hallelujah, any of the big cities in the world. Amen. Where you're from is not important to God. Anybody hear me up in here? You could be from Appaloosas. You could be from Paulina. You could be from Eunice. You could be from Carrico. Carricol. Prairie Brock. You know, I'm not even saying it right. You could be, hey God, hey God. Any, any other cities in here representing, amen? Huh? Youngsville. Do so. Scott. Where you say that, Aola? I don't even know where I said. You could be from Glen. Huh? Huh? Listen, listen. It don't matter where you're from. God can still use you. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. And use you to change the world. Amen. Like he's about to do with Mary. Hallelujah. All right. Sometimes we can get caught up, hallelujah, on the obscurity of our roots. Where we from or how we look or our education. All that don't matter to God. Mary was chosen from a whole world of people with bigger cities, people with more money, people with better education, people who grew up in palaces. Mary was a little slave girl, a handmaid like she gonna call herself, in a nation that was not one of the top nations of the nation that they were in. She was born, amen, in an oppressed people, a people who was low, downtrodden. And God look out of all the people, all the states, all the nations, all the cities and look down on Nazareth to that little girl Mary and say, you're going to carry the son of the living God. Come on, give God some praise up in here. Amen. And that's the way that God operates. That's his operation. That's his his MO, all right? God would rather choose the foolish things to confound the wise. The weak things to bring to to nothing the strength of the mighty. You see, that's the way God operates. As I read my Bible, God, hallelujah, chose Gideon, all right, who was from the smallest tribe and the smallest family of his tribe. That's the kind of God we serve. So I want to encourage you this morning. And this is for our mamas, but I see a lot of men that's tuned in too. It don't matter, amen, hallelujah, your family you come from, And it don't matter, amen, the city you come from, hallelujah, God can still bless the world through you if you give him a chance this morning. Come on, give him some praise, amen. I think about David as well, y'all. David was passed up. He was looked over. This means that everybody, he was not only from a small place, but everybody in that small place didn't look highly on David. His brothers had better physical attributes than him. And so they sent him away, huh? And I'm here to tell you once again, though the world reject you and think that you can't do anything, God will change and flip the script through you if you give him an opportunity. Come on, give him praise up in him. I have in my notes that God sees and uses those who the world would not even notice, huh? Meaning you walk in a room and they don't even lift up their head. You walk in a room and they don't even tell you, hi huh? They looking for somebody important, so they looking over your shoulder when you walk in. And they don't know, huh? They don't know that one of the most important people on earth just walked in the room. You just waiting for your manifestation. (laughs) Anybody hear me up in here? All right. And that's why we got to be careful the way we treat people. We don't know who the next David going to be. We don't know who the next Gideon going to be. And for our mamas, we don't know who the next Mary going to be. You know how many rooms Mary walked in and they didn't notice her? They didn't even tell her hi. They turned their head up, amen, because of her conditions where she was, amen. People don't know it's, with God, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, amen. That's why you got to treat everybody with respect, amen. You got to treat everybody, no matter what their station is right now, because you don't know where they going to be. I done seen in life, amen, in these few little 45 years I've been living, that hallelujah, no matter how you see somebody come in, they're not guaranteed to stay the way they come in. And the same people you treat like dirt because you think they dirt will be your boss tomorrow if you don't watch yourself. You hear what I'm saying? And we up in here treating people with respect to persons and don't think that people remember how we treat them. People always remember how we treat them, y'all. Now, they might not act like they remember, but they remember. Because I remember coming up, amen, not having much, not having nothing, even as a little boy, growing up kind of like Mary, in the lowest of lows, huh? But I remember how certain people would treat our family or or treat me, amen. Now, it don't make me treat them no different, but I still remember. Anybody hear me up in here? So we always got to be careful how we treat people. We got to see them how God see them. We got to love them like God love them because we don't know who going to be the next Mary up in this house. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so rem- women of God, recognize and, and realize this morning. Amen. You walked in here, hallelujah, nobody noticed you. huh? Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all notices you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I have on my notes, he not only going to notice you, but he going to make you great. And he going to change the world through you and your contribution. I don't know what your contribution going to be. For Mary, it was a child that she gave birth to but maybe it's a business that you're going to give birth to. Maybe it's a, it's a supervisory position on your job. Maybe it's a book that you're going to bring into reality. Maybe it's your art. Woman of God, maybe it's your preaching. Maybe it's your teaching. Maybe it's your cooking. Maybe it's the way you do hair. Maybe it's the way you clean. Listen, God can take anything that's in your hand and change the world with it. He did it through Mary. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. The Bible says Mary was from Nazareth, a little small city, unnoticed, obscure, not even on the map. And God's about to do a great thing. You know, on my way here, amen, God kept speaking to me the word reputation, reputation, all right? And he had gave me that scripture in John about Nazareth's reputation. It wasn't only obscure and small but it but it had no reputation and, and and according to to Nathaniel it had a bad reputation and as I heard the voice of God amen continue to talk about reputation amen he confirmed it because the worship team mentioned reputation and that God don't care about your reputation and God don't care what you're known for and God don't care what your past is and I want to tell you all up in here women of God listen to me good right now Nazareth had a bad reputation, huh? But God still chose a woman of God in a city with a bad reputation. This morning, you might have a bad reputation this morning, huh? It might be a bad reputation that come from your nationality, being Hebrew. It might be a bad reputation that come from the state you live in, Louisiana, huh? California, Georgia, You might have a bad reputation, amen, because of the city, like Mary, huh, that you live in, huh? Can any good thing come out of Cancro? Could anything good good come out of Bro Bridge, huh? Could any good thing come out of Lafayette? Might not be your city this morning, it might be your family. Put your last name in that. Can any good thing come out of this family, huh? And some of y'all, your reputation is not about your city, your state, amen, not even about your family. It might be about some decisions that you made in your past, huh? but I'm here to encourage you this morning. You could have a bad reputation for whatever reason, but when you surrender to God and start living for God, God will take somebody and renew their reputation and use them to do great things for his name, all right? Because that's how our God rolls. He makes all things new. You see, I don't care if your name was in the paper for local arrest. I don't care if you was on that Crime Stoppers, $1,000 reward, huh? And some of y'all might even call on each other. None of that matters anymore, huh? I don't care if you was a card player, you was at the racetrack. I don't care if you done been with this one and been with that one. I don't care how many children you have, amen? When you release yourself to God, God will take the years that the locals devour and give them right back to you in Jesus' mighty name. All right, And this for the woman of God up in here. It's never too late to turn to God. It's never too late for him to take the mess that you made with your life and make it a masterpiece. That's just the kind of God that we have. Amen. And some women in here beat themselves up and say they're not deserving of God's goodness. Hallelujah. Don't you tell God what you deserve enough. Hallelujah. Truth be told, we're going to get in touch. Ain't none of us deserve the goodness of God. All right? That's what makes it grace. So, woman of God, forget about your reputation. Forget about your past mistakes. Amen. Forget about all of that. You know, when I read my Bible, I see the woman at the well, amen. And she at that well, and Jesus came through that. And she got a bad reputation. Her reputation is so bad, brother Carl, she's getting water in the middle of the day while the rest of the women go there in the morning. Why does she do that? Because she didn't want them shoo shooing about her. She didn't want the eyes and the rolling of the eyes and, and the self-righteous. huh? Because church folk can be self-righteous. They could talk about people when they've been doing the same thing themselves. huh? They talk about people that, that, that's doing what God delivered them from. How you going to ever talk about somebody that played cards when all you did was play cards? The card game was at your house. That's a hypocrite. And but for the grace of God, you'd still be playing cards. You'd still be at the casino. You'd still be running the men. You'd still be stealing and cutting up. All right? But a lot of church folk could be hypocrites. But we go back to the well and the woman was over there. Huh? And she was out there, but she was out there at noonday because she didn't want to be around people that act like they know God. Self-righteous. Talking about folk. So she go there at noon trying to avoid people and met the greatest person to ever walk the face of the earth. Huh? And while everybody else wouldn't notice her, but to talk bad about her reputation, Jesus noticed her to put her to work for the kingdom. Huh? Huh? He got her theology right, gave her some word, introduced himself as the Messiah told some things that she was doing wrong because she was like five, six husbands. You know, understand what I'm saying? She was moving around. Yes, yeah, she was moving around. Don't judge her now. Don't judge her. Don't judge her now. All right? Because it's, it's not what she did, but it's what Christ did for her. Huh? And it's what she begins to do after he did what he did. So he saved that woman at that well. She left that well and forgot her water pot. And it was a sign that she had forgot her old ways. Because sometimes you could come for one thing and God give you another and you forgot what you came for. She left her water pot and she went to a whole city and told the whole city, come see a man which told me everything that I've ever done. What she was saying is, come meet the Messiah. And she, she, she set the city on fire. Pastor, what you're saying? A woman with a bad reputation brought revival to a city that priests, that pastors, that prophets couldn't do. You see, sometimes when you have a bad reputation, God will use that as your testimony. You see, because they know the before you. And when God touch you, when they see the after you, people say, if you could do it for her, you could do it for me. She done been through five and I done been through four. I know you got something for me. You see what I'm saying? He done been locked up and I just been on the house arrest. I know you could do something for me. Alright? She had a bad reputation and y'all still moved through her. I don't know who in this place this morning and I don't know what's on your mind this morning on this Mother's Day. Huh? But part of the reason why Jesus saves us, amen, is that we would forget those things that are behind us and press forward to the mark, the high calling of Jesus Christ. All right? Some of the women of God, amen, y'all good at, at something, at condemning yourself. Huh? I got a word for you. If you in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation this morning. There's no condemnation this morning. There's no condemnation. Move forward in your walk with God. And God's going to do some great things through you. Come on, give him some praise up in this house. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's look at our second point. Amen. Mary was a virgin. Amen. Let's talk about that for a second. And don't get excited because some of y'all say, Pastor, don't talk about that. Hey, it's been a long time, Pastor. Just stay with me. Just, Just follow me on this one. Follow me on this one. Mary was a virgin. In verse 27, it says that the angel Gabriel came, he, he visited a virgin, espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. So let's deal with a little theology here before we get into some, some more rhema word for you. Amen. Uh, when the Bible says Mary was a virgin, amen, it means that she had never been with a man. Amen. And we, we study in our Bible, we understand that, that Mary was still in her teenage years, amen, actually, uh, uh, in the Hebrew uh, uh, way of doing things, amen. In the world we live in, they get married so late right now, amen. Uh, when we were uh, living in our own land, amen, marriage came a lot earlier, amen. And so Mary must have been, you know, 15, 16 years old, amen, at the time, amen, and 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 you know, I wonder about that. I wonder if through this American society, us putting off marriage so long, now they get married now nah, at 30s 30 and 35, 40, because on first it said, Hallelujah, you gotta finish school, all right? Then they say you gotta buy your own house, huh? Then they say, you know, then they say you gotta you gotta test drive it for a little while. <laughs> Y'all gotta have children first. so so we got all these things that's happening to elongate marriage. And all all what we really doing is elongating the time of temptation. All right. Because when, hallelujah, in those years, early years, when our, when our body is telling us, okay, I'm ready to start a family, we put that off for 15, 20 years. And expect, hallelujah, our people to live right and to live holy. Amen. That's an unusual burden to put on people. Amen. And so just keep that in mind as your children grow up, as, they, as, they, as, they, as, they, as they're going through, amen. Don't, don't put them off when they come to you about 18 or 19 and say, listen, man, I don't want to sin. I want to be in, into something serious. Don't teach them like the world teach them. Do right. you understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, I scooped up First Lady. First Lady, how old you were? <laughs> you, you, when we got married, you was 21? Yes. All right, she was 21. I was, I was 23, amen? But we were serious, man. All right? And, and, and you don't have to be old to be serious. <laughs> is that too hard for y'all alright and so, so just, just, just be listening amen and I'm not going to put a name on now don't come here marrying your children off at 12 you understand what I'm saying I'm just dropping something in your spirit amen that, that if something happened in 18, 19, and 20 and they're saying listen listen, we, 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 we serious about this don't be, don't be off about that it's the way the Hebrews used to do it when we was in our own land come on give y'all some praise amen all right, so Mary, Mary, Mary was a virgin, amen. Now, now, now theologically speaking, amen, uh, the world and Satan, amen, would want to take this fact about Mary out of your minds and out of your heart. What do you mean, Pastor? Uh, most people in church come to church and they read Mary was a virgin and had a baby, and they say, mm-hmm. I don't know about that, and they just kind of look over it, all right? And I'm here to dispel your doubts this morning. If the Bible says that Mary was a virgin and was not with a man, then that is what it is. Anybody hear me up in here? All right, and I don't care what you think or how it happens today, all right, all right, all right. With with man, some things are not possible. But with God, all things is possible, amen? Hallelujah. And I just want to ask you if God wanted a virgin to have a baby, could God make a virgin have a baby? All right. Now, now you, you got to understand, there's the one that spoke the sun into existence. Huh? Huh? There's the one created man out of the dust. There's the one made vegetation grow up with a word. All right. This is the one, amen, I'm talking, he's the creator of all things, all waterfalls, calling mountains out of the ground. Could he not call a child out of a young lady who had never been with a man? All right? Now, back in the days, this was more of a miracle to believe. But in 2022, I want to ask you a question. Would modern science and technology, could men and scientists make a woman who has never laid with a man today, could a woman have a child having never laid with a man today? Yes. Yeah, they call it artificial insemination. Yes. Huh, Huh? where well, they take the seed and inject it, amen, into the female producing, org, reproduction organs. Now watch this, if man can make a virgin, have a baby how much more than can the most high God all right so let me help your faith this morning all right our God is awesome he could do above exceedingly above all that we could ever ask hope or imagine so if the Bible say a virgin had a baby then a virgin had a baby come on give y'all some praise up in this house Luke 1 and 37 says it so clear. It says, hallelujah, for with God, nothing is impossible. That's what the scripture says. For with God, nothing is impossible. But, but let's go back to it for a second. I'm kind of switching some things up. I'm following the spirit of God. So, hallelujah, I'm all right if, if it's taking you a little while to get, catch up with it. But, hallelujah. So, so Mary, hallelujah, uh, uh, had a baby being a virgin. Now, now, let me tell you, hallelujah, the second thing about this. So we know that God has the power to do it. What if I told you that that was always a part of God's plan? All right? It was always his plan. All right? Sometimes we believe stuff because somebody has the ability to do it, but also if they planned it. That's how in the court of law juries are able to convict criminals. We ask the question, amen, did they have the ability to carry out the crime? Huh? Where they are in the location. Do they have an alibi? Did they have the ability to do it? Strength, location, huh? The know-how. But we also ask the question: do we see a plan? Huh? We take their computer, see if they was looking up poisoning people. You understand what I'm saying? All right? And when we see a plan, now we have, amen, uh, 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 the motive. Huh? We, we, we have the intent, the specific intent in law school they would teach us. I want to show you that God not only had the ability to make a virgin conceive, but he had the specific intent to do so. He had a plan. From the very beginning in Genesis 3 and 15, That's when man fell in the garden of Eden. That's when we sinned in the garden. So from the very beginning of time when we fell, God had already come up with a plan to redeem us. You see? That's how great our God is. He's never caught off guard. He's never caught by surprise. When Satan makes his move, God has three moves, four moves, an infinite amount of moves after that move Satan made. All right? So he told Satan off the top in Genesis, he says, I'm a putting put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and what? And her seed. All right. You got to understand, a woman don't have seed. A woman have eggs. Yes. But God was saying that a woman was going to bring forth a child without a man's help. Anybody hear me up in here? He gets more particular in Isaiah 7:14, 7, 700 years before Christ is ever born in Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, watch this, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name what? Emmanuel. So listen, this was a part of God's plan. God told you in the Garden of Eden that a woman was going to have a child that was going to crush the head of Satan, the serpent. Then he comes 700 years before that child born and told you that a virgin is going to conceive. And then he told you, you said, wait, Pastor, but he got the name wrong. He called him Emmanuel. We thought the Messiah was named Jesus. Wait now, hold up. You got to understand what that Emmanuel mean in the Hebrew. Huh? Huh? That Emmanuel in the Hebrew means God with us. Ooh, my God. He didn't get the name wrong. He just gave you another one of his names. He just gave you one of his titles, huh? Because he would be called Wonderful. Emmanuel, our God with us. All right? Hallelujah. And that's what it is. Now, in the court of law, if somebody tells you they're going to do something and it happens, huh? You're the first suspect. All right? Miss Denise get upset and say, man, hallelujah, I don't know what's going on, but the coffee wasn't right. I'm going to bust John Glass on his window. I done had enough with Deacon John, you know? I done had enough. Now, she said that in front of us all at church. She'd get up and go to the bathroom, huh, during my second point, which is going a little too long, huh? she come back in and sit down with a smile on her face, huh? Now, we leave church and we see John when the bus, huh? Who the first suspect? Miss Denise, point at her. Miss Denise, that's right, that's right. Why? We saw she would have the ability, because she was absent for a little while in service, but we also heard her plan. She told John, I'm going to bust that window. You understand what I'm saying? Miss Denise in a court of law, with all of these witnesses, We would find you guilty of simple criminal damage to property, my friend. You understand what I'm saying? Now, our God had the power, and he announced his plan. He said in the beginning that a woman's seed would crush the head of a serpent. And then he told us a second time, a virgin shall conceive. Why are we so surprised when a virgin have a baby named Mary? He done told us he was going to do it in this court of law. I find my God guilty, not guilty of sin, but guilty of bringing his word to pass. Jesus was born of a virgin. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this house. You say, Pastor, why is it so important that she be born of a virgin? Let's go deeper into some theology this morning. Listen, if Mary wasn't a virgin, then Jesus would not be able to save us from sin. He would not be able to. You see, sinners can't save sinners. You see? You see? You you, you can't save me if you're in trouble too. You see? But break it down, Pastor. You You see, original sin is what Adam did in the garden. An original sin is passed through the fathers. It's called Adam's transgression and not Adam and Eve's transgression. When Eve sinned, all humanity wasn't loss. They still had an opportunity of redemption. But when Adam, the federal head of that home and all humanity, when he fell, All of us in Adam fell, all right? Humanity was not in Eve, humanity was in Adam. Mm. (laughs) When Adam, our federal head, the one who represented all humanity, the one who all the seeds of the human race was living in the inside of, all the DNA, Every single one of us have a piece of us that's found in this first man, Adam. When Adam fell, the whole human race fell. The Bible describes it in Romans chapter 5, verse 19. Huh? It wasn't Eve's sin that had fallen. The Bible says, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, not one woman's. One man. Man, if you understood your responsibility as a head, as a representative, where you go, so go the body. Woo! So our first man, Adam. It says, so by the obedience, so by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. Now, now, this is good right here. This is good. The same way that through one man all of humanity fell is the same way through one man all of humanity can be saved. Woo! Our God is a miracle worker. Huh? But you see, God had a problem because every man that was born from Adam was fallen. It's like Adam had a a, a birthmark of sin on him. And everybody that was born from Adam was born with that invisible spiritual birthmark of sin. We was all born with something from Adam, the guilt of sin. We call that original sin. That's why David says in the Psalms, I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. When you're born, you ain't got to do nothing wrong. Huh? You have the generational sin of Adam and all of your ancestors, amen, that you born into. Sin is a spiritual thing. And sickness, if I can get deep spiritually, sickness is a result of sin. It's a byproduct of sin, all right? And all we have to look at is how sickness travels through genealogies, through ancestral lines, through the family tree, Huh? You could be born with something that your daddy had, huh, huh, that is a byproduct of sin. It is a spiritual picture that God is showing us that if sickness can be passed down from father to son, that sin is passed down from father to son. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. And so we had a problem. You know, sin had won. Satan had won. Because every man, woman, and child that was born from Adam's seed were sinners. And the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world had to be without blemish, had to be sin free. So how would God do it? God would bring to pass a man born on earth without an earthly father. And he thought about this in eternity past. When the devil thought he had God trapped, God had the plan before the trap was set. Woo! And we know this, amen, for sure, because in 135 of Luke, huh? You know how we all born in sin? Look at this Gabriel answered Mary and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing Uh shall be born of thee, shall be called the son of God. The same Bible calls all of us that's born, born in sin. But this one, born of Mary, would be born holy. Come on, give y'all some praise up in there. All right? All right? Don't let the devil ever try to persuade you that Mary wasn't a virgin. If Mary wasn't a virgin, then Jesus is not holy. If Jesus is not holy, he can't die for your sins. If he can't die for your sins, then you're still in your sins. If you're still in your sins, you're on your way to hell. It's a way to trick you to steal the essentials of our faith. Don't let the devil do it. Jesus was born of a virgin. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. Amen. We know that God has the power, the ability, and he also had the plan. Okay, Pastor, all that high theology, I got it. But what does that have to do with me? How do you apply Mary being a virgin to my life, huh? Well, woman of God, the revelation is this, huh? Mary was trying to live right. She was doing her best to live right before God. Huh? In this context that living right was being, hallelujah, sexually in intimacy, she was being pure. Huh? And woman of God, I want to encourage you this morning, huh? that you would do your best to be pure before Almighty God. Anybody hear me up in here? You say, Pastor, but I'm not a virgin. That's a long time ago, Pastor. I understand. But our God can take old things and make them brand new. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. How many know that, that hallelujah, you could break promises with God, but you can renew them with your God? Anybody hear me up in here? And so Mary was trying to live pure. Now, when you try to live pure before God, it sets you up for a blessing from God. All right. You don't earn the blessing. And we're going to get into that next because you can't earn blessings from God. And I'm going to say this carefully. You can't earn blessings from God, but you could put yourself in position to get a blessing. All right. All right. You could never look at God and say, I owe you, because when we put the facts together, he don't owe you nothing but death. All right. All right. But you could put yourself in a position. You could put yourself in a room where God is blessing everybody in that room. All right. And that's just an illustration. Pastor, how do I get in a position to get blessed? How do I get put put myself in a position like Mary put herself in? Huh? Number one, you try your best to live right before God. All right. Now, since we born in sin, since we we have original sin, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have your good days and your bad days. What you're saying, pastor, you're not going to be perfect. Let me bust your bubble. All right. Some of y'all under the lie that you're perfect. Let me tell you, you ain't perfect this morning. All right. Ain't nobody perfect but Jesus. And that's including pastor up in here. Ain't nobody perfect but Jesus. All right. But God can tell when you're striving for perfection. When it's in your heart to do right. All right? You fell down, but you were trying to walk it out. Anybody hear me up in here? And that's the difference between falling down and staying down. And living down. And liking to be down. You see? You see, when you try to live right, you put yourself in position to get a blessing from God. I, I didn't give you this. But I'm going to give you two scriptures, Sambu. I want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy 2 and 21 right quick. 2 Timothy 2 and 21 and write down Proverbs eleven twenty seven. 27. We're going to go to that, eleven twenty seven. 27. But let's look at Timothy 2 and 21 first. Huh? You got to always remember that God likes to use the clean dishes when company come over. All right. He liked to use the clean dishes. All right. The Bible tells us in second Timothy that God got a lot of dishes, a lot of vessels, and he's using that as an illustration to symbolize his people. He got vessels of gold and silver, but also vessels of wood and earth, vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. God got people that he want to use for the best work, and he got people he want to use For the lowest work, all right? If you want to do great things for God, you got to try your best to stay clean in his sight. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Amen? All right? I'm talking about how to put yourself in position, how to get yourself in the room of blessing, all right? The Bible says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, what you mean purge? To draw out of yourself. To get out of your person, out of your soul, out of your mind, out of your heart. To get what out of your heart? Your old ways. The way you used to be. You see, purge is a strong word. You only purge stuff that's hard to get out. Uh, You only purge stuff that's been so intertwined with something that it takes some extreme mechanisms and remedies to get it out. How many people know that the old you is not easy to get out? All right? Your old temper, your old ways, huh? But God gives us encouragement. He said, if you work with me and through my word and the various means that I give, allow me to purge you and you help me. If a man or woman purge himself, herself from these, he shall become a vessel of what? Honor, sanctified and what? Meat for the master's use. And what else? And prepared unto every good work. So this is how it is, y'all. When God has a big job to do in the earth, he checks the room of his honored vessels first, of his clean vessels first. People who try not to be their old selves. People who have been trying to live right for God. And in that room is not perfection, but in that room is people who done put down some things that mama used to do, daddy used to do, grandpa used to do. They're not doing this no more. They're not doing that no more. And listen, y'all, listen, listen, listen. They may not get everything right, but God can see in that room they trying. All right. And when he want to do something mighty in the, in the earth, he open a door and he say, all right, this is the good room. I got a job for you to do. This is what he did for Mary. He about to bring forth the Messiah. And he chose a little girl who was doing her best to live right. You want favor? You want blessing? You want to give birth to something mighty? Strive for perfection. And God going to do it for you. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. All right. And I want to speak prophetically. There's some people with some prayers in here right now. This morning, Come on. this morning, and you're saying, God, I need. God, I want. And God is telling you prophetically, okay, you want something out of me? I need something out of you. All right. All right. Purge yourself. Yeah. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Not only that, listen, not only trying to strive for holiness is going to put you in position. It don't earn it, but it puts you in position not only that but guess what else doing good doing good so you in yourself you trying to get yourself right but towards other people you you being good to other people all right how do I be good to other people the way you treat them you be kind to them you watch the way you talk to them you treat people with dignity and respect. You look out for them when they in time of need. If they need something and you got it, you give it to them. You understand what I'm saying? You be a true man or woman of God. When you be good, you are invited in that blessing room. God opens the door and he says, come on in. Because you have been trying to be a good person. All right, and you don't earn the blessing like that, but it puts you in position. I ran across a scripture this morning in my personal reading. It's Proverbs 11 and 27. I was just reading my Bible this morning. God knew what I was going to be teaching, and so he slapped that in my daily reading that he knew I would be reading on this Mother's Day in 2022. He put this in my reading. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor. But he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. God is saying, Mr. Bruce when we live a life and deaconess, hallelujah, Lou, when we do good to people, huh? we feed the hungry, we're looking out for people that can't pay their bills, we're trying to bless somebody. When we diligently seek good, we walk around looking for somebody to do good to. We diligently seek it. We like a bloodhound in the woods. We smelling out where good is needed. Anybody need something good? This is what we looking for. Anybody need something? We got extra things because we living in abundance. Amen? Anybody hear me up in there? When you have abundant life, hey God? And God done rewarded you with lanyop and extra. Now you begin to look for people. Huh? That that can enjoy your overflow, right. all right? And so you looking, and that means that you diligently searching, seeking good. God says what happens? You procure it favor. This word procure it in the Hebrew is so carefully placed in this verse, huh? Because he's not saying you earn favor, huh? Can we put that in the NIV? I'm working them back there, y'all he's not saying when you do good or you search for good you earn favor he didn't say earn he said procure it and procure it in the hebrew means to find it means that while you're doing good to other people god gonna drop some things right in your path and you just walking and you just doing good and you tripping over blessings oh look what i found you understand what i'm saying Hallelujah. You're going to find it in front of you. You're going to find it behind you. It's going to be all around you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's better than an Easter egg hunt when you're living for God. Anybody hear me up in here? When you do good, you're going to find favor. He's going to put you in position. And he's going to put those blessings right at your fingertips. Right at your fingertips. And people are going to ask, why it keep happening to them? They're gonna keep asking, how can this be? Jesus. Huh? Two things. They're doing the best they can to live right before God. Yeah. Secondly, all they doing is seeking to do the people of God good. Yeah. Listen to me, good, y'all. Yo. If you in this place, woman of God, this Mother's Day, do good before the Lord. Find somebody you can help. Don't be greedy with the things that you have. As God blesses you, look out to see who you can bless. Huh? Huh? It's the reason he give us stuff, y'all. And let me tell you, hallelujah, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The way you feel on the inside when you give somebody something is amazing. It's better than receiving it for yourself. And when you do give somebody something, God looks down and he say, qualified. He say, qualified. He say, enter into the room of the honored vessels. He say, listen, you don't put yourself in position to do great things. I don't know who I'm talking to in here. You got a dream. You got a goal. You have a prayer request that you want God to Favor, huh? Besides striving for perfection and doing your best not to be the old you, but the new you in God, another thing you do is do good to your fellow man, your fellow woman. Do good to the Hebrews, do good to the other nations, do good to people, and God going to do great things through you. Come on, give y'all some praise up in This house, it qualified her for the blessing. Now, I want to just cover the B part of 1127 because it's important. It says, whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to the one who searches for it. All right? Go back to the King James, for me, amen, boot. I like the way it says, but he that seeketh mischief, mischief shall come unto him all right you got a choice this morning you could do good or do evil you could do right by people or be mischievous and try to hurt people on the cool regardless if you're doing it on the low if you're doing it on on a manipulative type of basis god see when you're really trying to hurt somebody when you're trying to hurt somebody god is saying what you sow, you're going to reap. Woo. If you're sowing good, you're going to find favor and do good. But if you're sowing mischief and evil and manipulation and you're throwing shade and you're trying to destroy people when God's trying to build them up, God said, don't be surprised when the same thing you're come looking for you. Anybody hear me up in here? All right, so I challenge you this morning, do good, man. Be good to people, man, and do your best to live right. It's going to put you in Mary's room of blessing. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this place. Hallelujah. Let's talk about our last little point this morning so you can go and have a, a happy Mother's Day. Let's talk about Mary, amen, was highly favored. Mary was highly favored. All right? We get this, amen, from verse 28 of Luke chapter 1. The Bible says clear. And the angel uh, came to, to, to Mary and said, Hail, and that's a way of saying hello. It's the honorable way. They would say hail to the king or, you know, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, all right? So in essence, as we boil it down, the angel told Mary, Mary, you are highly favored, huh? And I wanna tell the women of God up in here this morning, woman of God, you are highly favored this morning. Highly favored, y'all never received that. I just spoke something in the atmosphere, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Let's do that again. Woman of God, yes. you are highly favored this morning. Woo! Hallelujah. And guess what? Blessed art thou among other women. Huh? You're a child of God. you saved. You're blood-bought. You're redeemed. Huh? He said she was highly favored. That Greek word right here for favored is charis. Charis. Somebody say caris. That's right, caris. And, and it means favor. It means grace. You know, that's what it means, uh, that caris, it means grace. And so the angel was in essence saying, hallelujah, Mary, God has graced you. He's highly favored you. All right? And this word caris has two meanings. It means unmerited favor. Unmerited Favor, all right? Let's talk about the favor first, all right? Pastor, what is favor? We hear you talk about it all the time in church, God's favor, God's favor. His favor is on us. But what does that mean, favor, all right? right. Let me break that down for you. Favor is, first off, to be approved and accepted by God. Is when God look at you like the politicians and say, I approve this message. Huh? And God looks at you and your person as you move around the earth. And he tells the heavens, which includes all of the angels and the earth, all of creation. As you walk around, God says, I approve this woman of God. I accept this woman of God. Be careful how you treat him. I approve this man of God. I accept them. And you got to understand when God shines favor on something, all of his creation favors you. The wind favors you. The sun favors you. The trees favor you. The birds, they favor you. The animals favor you. Huh? Everything, the grass you walk on just favors you when God favors you. Because huh? all of creation still obeys the most high God. It's to be approved and accepted. Pastor, what else is favor? Favor is advantage. Advantage. All right? It means when you're in a situation and you're with somebody who don't have favor, you have what? An advantage. Because God smiles on you. God approves you. God accepts you. You see? When you have favor with God and you're in a contest, amen, the ball bounces your way in the contest. Ooh, it come off the rim and it land in your hand, huh? It bounces off the rim, huh? And everybody else would have missed, but it keep bouncing and bouncing and bouncing and you're waiting for it and then it bounces way into the goal. Hallelujah, three-pointer. Come on, give God some glory, amen? And we're using basketball, but that's in life, huh? The business deal fall your way. The client come your way. The promotion come your way. The house Hallelujah, fall in your lap, amen? When you have favor, huh? I met one man of God, amen, hallelujah, in Atlanta. Hey, God. And his wife wanted to live in a certain neighborhood. It was a certain neighborhood with a big old lake in it, amen? In the same neighborhood, amen, the owner of Chick-fil-A stayed there, amen? And, and, and T.I. stayed there, amen? I done seen their houses and everything. Amen. And, 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 and the man of God's wife wanted to, wanted to live in that neighborhood off of that lake. Amen. And there was a problem. The sticker price was a little bit too high. But the man of God believed in God and had faith in God and would not let God go from his promises. Huh? And boy, let me tell you, they would go by that house. They would visit it. They would check it out. Amen. And all of a sudden, amen, they had a drought come through, all right? And when that drought came through, the lake dried up. When the lake dried up, nobody wanted to live in the neighborhood no more. They didn't know if the lake was ever gonna come back. The price of that house fell. It fell so much that it got into the budget that they was approved for. They wind up getting the house, moving in, and shortly after they moved in, the rain started. Hey, God! Hey, God! Hey, God! And the lake filled right back up. And he telling me his testimony while I'm on the lake with him, riding in his boat, while he's showing me, that's the owner of Chick-fil-A, that's T.I. House, and he's showing everybody else, I'm like... How in the world did this happen? And he tells me the testimony. He said, Pastor, the lake dried up. Hey, come on, give God some praise up in here. You see, when God favors you, you have advantage. God moves for you like he wouldn't move for other people. When I tell you that you favored, that's what favor means. It bounces your way. It falls out to your advantage. That's what favor is all about. Favor is not only advantage, amen, but it's support. God supports you, amen. That means that when you're in need, God comes through and provides for you, amen. The way support looks is when everybody else don't have it, a God, and they're not supposed to have it. Favor means that support comes from heaven on high, immediately, without any kind of explanation, rationality, all you could say is supernatural blessings. All right, all right? It's no different than bread raining from heaven. You're in a desert, there's nothing to eat, amen, but food drop out the sky. That's favor. When you're favored by God, God supports you. I don't know about you, but if you ever been in a hard place where money not coming in, where you've been laid off of jobs, huh? When, when there's, it don't look like anything can happen. Let me tell you something. Though you might not have been in the cyanide wilderness, you was in the wilderness. Anybody been in the wilderness before? Huh? Where there's nothing in the refrigerator but a bottle of water. Huh? And that jug of water looking at you and saying, nope, still no food up in here. And somehow, you made it through. Huh? You made it through. Huh? You know what got you through? God's favor. And those that he favors, he supports. He provides supernaturally. He gives you advantage. He gives you support. And I don't know about you, but I have seen this time and time again in this church's life and even in my life. Huh? When you need it. God come through and give it. Ooh, You know how they say he might not come when you want him to, but he'll always be there, right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Come on, give him praise up in here. So favor is advantage, is support, is him blessing you with gifts. That's favor. When he gives you gifts, give you things you shouldn't have. All right? That's favor. How many people have some things you shouldn't have? Huh? Huh? It could be anything, y'all. From your spouse, to your children, to your house that you live in, yeah. to the car you drive, yeah. to the clothes you have on right now, to the church you are part of right now, to the office that you have in the church, amen, to the teacher position, the deacon position, the minister position, your position on the worship team is something that you have because God gave you because he favored you. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. That's what favor is all about. Well, y'all, God favored Mary. Come on, pastor. Let's go, pastor. It's Mother's Day. God favored Mary. huh? And he, he gave her advantage. He gave her support. And he gave her a gift, y'all, a gift that would change everything. It would change her life. It would change her family's life. It would change Nazareth, the city where she was from. The city that had no reputation or a bad reputation was about to get a reputation. Huh? the greatest reputation there is. When we still say his name, sometimes we say, Jesus of Nazareth. About to change the whole game with one woman's favor from God. It's about to change a city. Not just a city, it's about to change a nation. Because he would come to save his people from their sins. He's about to change the world through one woman's favor from God. The world is about to be changed. And not just the present world, minister, but the world that was, the world that is, and the world to come. He's about to be a blessing. He's about to bless the whole world, past, present, and future. All of mankind, all of humanity, through this one woman's favor. One woman's favor. Let me strengthen your faith in here this morning. God has favor on you. And if you get yourself in position, if you try your best to live right, and you try your best to do good, God's favor is going to be so heavy on you, he's going to change your life with it. The way you lived last year and the year before is going to be nothing compared to the way you're living in 2022 and beyond. He's going to draw a line in the sand, just like he did with time before Christ and after Christ. Your life is going to be divided before favor and after favor, and it's going to change your life. You're going to be able to tell people, amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were living back here, but that was before the favor of God. Anybody hear me? I I was working right here, but that was before the favor of God. Hey, God, I was driving this car, but that was before the favor of God. The favor of God is able to change your life like he changed Mary's life. And not only your life, but the family and the people around you. Because the favor is so strong. It's going to overflow. Huh? would well, not that an awesome thing? That the favor on one another's lives can change each other. Now, what if we all favored? Huh? In your season, you're going to bless me and change my life. But in my season, I'm going to bless you and change your life. Every joint supplying the need. And here we are. Here we are. huh? Hallelujah. Always living in abundance and always blessed. Because we're enjoying one another's season. Not trying to compete with one another. Not trying to hate on one another. Not trying to block each other from our season. No, we're going to rejoice with those who rejoice. Because when you do well, I do well. And when I do well, you do well. Anybody hear me up in here? You see, that's favor. It changed Mary's life, her, her family's life. It changed... Her city, wouldn't that be some if your favor be so great it changed Lafayette? That the city is made different because God's advantage that's on your life. Your advantage is so strong that the city you live in is made advantageous to have you in it. It's just, it's just happy to have the original Hebrews in it. Is just happy to have the mother church of the Hebrews. Not the school of the Hebrews, the church of the Hebrews. The city is blessed to have you here. You see, not just the city, the nation. Oh, now I'm preaching up in here. Not just the nation, the world. And, And in you is so much favor that what God can birth through you can change the world, woman of God. Can change the world, man of God. That's how big his blessing is. We've been limiting his blessing, y'all. We've been only satisfied with, with a table just before us. But he can set a table before all of our friends and even before all of our enemies. If you would let God, hallelujah. Favor you like he wants to favor you. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Get yourself in position. And so that's what caris means. It means favor. Now, it also means unmerited. Amen. And we're going to kind of begin to conclude on this point. Amen. Musicians, y'all can make your way up. Amen. Because Mary, hallelujah, had favor, but it was unmerited favor. And that's why I tell you, amen, you don't earn favor you can put yourself in position for it. You can get in the room that's favored by, by, by being a good person and helping others and by trying to live right, all right? And there's some more deeper means of grace that you can, hallelujah, study, amen, go in the library and check out some of the books we put, in. I mean, uh, the, the, the bookstore, go check out some of the books we put because when you read, there's other things that you can do to get favor, means of grace, huh? Let me, let me, let me just tell you quickly, reading your word and, and praying. You being here in church, guess what you're qualifying for? Favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what? When we have the Lord's Supper, guess what that qualifies you for? Favor. The old church used to call it means of grace, huh, huh? We get favor through those things, but I just covered the main to live right. And also, amen, uh, uh, being good. But even though we live right and we be good, huh? and we get all this favor, and God blesses us with all the things that we have, we always have to keep in our mind that we don't deserve a single one. It's going to keep you humble. All right? When you build a big houses and you live in, come on, Mackenzie Madison, two-story, three-story. You got elevators up in there, huh? you pushing buttons to get to your bedroom, Madison, huh? Third floor, you got a bellman up in there. <laughs> what floor, madam? You know, well, I'm going to bed. You know where my floor at. <laughs> but even though you have all that, you got drivers, you roll rolling, Bentley, Rolls Royce, huh? When you close the door and they treat you like everything and you by yourself, you look up to your father, huh? You look up to your father when you buy by yourself and you say, God, you brought me a long way. Mm-hmm. And everything I had, though they might clap when I come in and they might say doctor this and attorney this and, and, and masters this. And whatever you have, you say, God, you know me. Yes. and You know that little boy and that little girl who didn't have it right, but you saved me. You. And you made it possible for me to have everything that I have. And I'm so grateful because I'm unworthy. That's what you keep in mind as God bless you. You know, they got a lot of people that say, because you have a lot that you're proud. And I'm here to tell you that you can have a lot and not be proud. All right? You can live in whatever house you want and not be proud. It's all about your perception and your understanding of why you have what you have. You've been favored. But always recognize that 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 favor is unbearable merited is undeserved huh is undeserved huh all you did was put yourself in position huh but God still gave you something out of the kindness of your heart that you should never have I know like even with Mary there's doctrines in the church that call Mary perfect and that Mary was sinless you know and that's when you fall into that worship of Mary, that idolatry of Mary. And that's not right. You know? Mary wasn't perfect. She was a tremendous woman of God, awesome, and just a blessing to the earth. All right? But the scripture tells us that nobody was perfect but Jesus. That's what our Bible says. And in Romans 3:10, the Bible corroborates this. It tells us, y'all, it says there is none righteous, no, not one. All right? And that's talking about all of us. It's, of course, not talking about Christ, because the same Bible tells us in other scriptures that he's the Lamb without blemish. He was holy, harmless, and undefiled. Yeah, that's him. But us, none righteous, no, not one. In fact, the righteousness we think we have is filthy rags to God. In Romans 3.23, look what it says about us. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even Mary, y'all. Even Mary. Mary fell short of the glory of God. Pastor, what you're saying, I'm saying that just like you, Mary needed a savior. All right? She needed a savior. And it just so happened that the son she would bring into the physical world earth the physical creation would be the means of her salvation isn't that amazing her baby boy that she held would hold her and carry her to father god you see what an amazing thing that god would do pastor how you know that mary had sin well mary had three types of sin she had original sin she had generational sin and she had personal sin. Huh? But thank God, Mary also had a Savior. You know, this morning in John three thirty-six, it tells us, huh? it says, he that believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abided on him. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the grave, and rose on the third day, that belief qualifies you for what? Everlasting life. But if you don't believe the Son, you're in a dangerous place. The wrath of God is Is still on you. You see. One last scripture y'all. And then we're going to go. Ephesians 2.8. Sums it up beautifully. Because there's two things. That we needed. For salvation. We needed grace. And we needed faith. The grace. Comes from God. The faith. Is exercised by you and so God reaches down with his grace and you reach up with your faith that connection is made and he saves you all right it tells us for by grace God's grace that's that same word huh charis his unmerited favor by God's grace are ye saved Huh? He reaching down and saying, I'm a you, even though you don't deserve it, huh? But you're going to have to meet me halfway. How do I meet you, God? Through faith. You got to trust me. You got to believe in me. You got to believe that I died, I was buried, and I rose again. His grace, your faith. I believe, Father. Huh? Huh? Look what he says. Grace through faith. Hallelujah. And that not of yourselves. It's not your own works. It is the gift of God, huh? Go to two nine. Go to two nine. You got two nine, huh? Huh? The gift of God, lest no man should boast. I don't know about you, y'all, but this morning there was something about Mary that was worth talking about, huh? Something about Mary that was worth talking about. Huh? Mary was from Nazareth, a little old town that meant nothing. Bad reputation. She was a virgin striving for righteousness, trying to be right in the sight of God. And because she put herself in that position, Mary was highly favored. So favored, it changed her life and the lives of people around her. And Mary also believed on her Savior. Listen, we're going to have a little altar call right here. And if you're here this morning, And you would say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm going to get this everlasting life, but I want it. I'm going to call you to the altar, and we're going to believe together. We're going to believe that he died. We're going to believe that he was buried. We're going to believe that he rose again. We're going to take our faith, and we're going to reach up to God, and God's going to reach his grace down to us. And he's going to save us, forgive us, And then favor our lives together On this Mother's Day Amen Ushers, If you can come on And open up the gates Amen We're going to have some altar time If you want to be saved Come If you want to have that favor To change your family And your life poured out upon you Come on and come The altar is open For all who want to be at this altar Come on By the grace of God Come on by the grace of God. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Woo! In Christ Jesus. Thank you. His blood. His blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There is no condemnation. Woo! come on Christ Jesus, Woo. by his blood, by his blood. I our reputations don't matter our past there don't matter is no, no condemnation. condemnation no condemnation below. the blood of Jesus come on Jesus, Woo. by his blood by his Thank you, thank you, hallelujah. There is no, no condemnation, no condemnation. Jesus by his blood, thank you. Thank you, Father. Listen, let's go to the Lord in prayer, amen. Somebody say, most high God. I thank you. For your love. And I thank you. That you accept me. Just as I am. I pray right now. That you look upon me. And overlook. My past. My reputation. And forgive me. And favor me. And bless me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe that you're coming back again. Save me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I reach up my faith. Please reach down your grace. And favor me in everything I do, everything I touch. Favor me, give me advantage, support, acceptance, approval. Favor me in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. And I stand in agreement with you. I pray the favor of God upon your life right now in the name of Yahshua HaMashiach. And there are those, amen, around the city who want to be here in this church, who've left for some reason, and, but they're still apart watching, amen. Know this morning that there is no condemnation. That whoever you are, whatever you've done, whatever happened in these walls, amen, you can come right back here. Nobody's going to look at you funny. Nobody's going to treat you any differently. You can come back home. This is your home. This is your home. This is the place of blessing. And you might have left the place of blessing and you feel it already. I'm telling you, your pastor is telling you Come back home. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. And there's some that's going to come back home. You're going to fall right back where you was. Right back worshiping. Right back preaching. Right back teaching. Right back in Sunday school. Discipleship training. Listen. Listen. Understand what kind of God we serve. Amen. A God of no condemnation. He looked at the prodigal son and put the ring back on his finger and put the robe back on his back. Who are we not to do the same thing? You see? Hallelujah. This is your church. Amen. Come back to the place of blessing. Why be on the outside? Why be in a place where you don't have faith? Look up to the sky and say, even the servants in my father's house are eating better than I'm eating and doing better than I'm doing. Come back to the place of healing, of favor, and prosperity. In Yeshua Jesus' name we pray.